What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Between Two Tackles. I'm your host, Alex Pinelli, and alongside me, as always, is Ray Volo, Dean Montalbano, full squad on the pod. For all you lucky people, we got some game previews to go over for college football. Fellas, it's week three. How are we doing? Uh, not well. I said, I, you I know, would I mean, rather not dive into it. <laughs> yeah, let's, forward. let's not talk I'm about actually, feelings. Let's I'm actually to... kind of pissed you asked how we're doing. Yeah, let's take the business here. But um, not excited for this slate. It's a mega snooze fest, but sadly, we don't do it for us. Who do we do it for, Ray? The people. The people. We The people. So. People's weed. <laughs> 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 yeah. So do the best um, references, bro. The best references. Thanks, bro. Uh, yeah, pretty pretty shitty slate this week. Um, but last week we had some good games. Uh, we hit on a couple bets maybe here or there. I don't know how you guys fared. No, um, no but I actually hit my first college bet for the for the people that last week. Uh, so let's get into those. Ray, you want to start us off? How'd you do last week? Yeah, I went down. Um, let me see, one point seven units. So not not the best, not the worst. My FAU Tom Herman bet was miserable, so I lost two on that one. Um, I had a teaser that I've lost. I haven't hit a college football teaser since maybe 2020. So, but you know what? I'll be back again this week. I guarantee that. And, but I did hit Texas money line. So I hit 2.3 units on that one. Uh, so yeah, overall on the season, I think I'm down 1.1 in college. So not too bad. Only up from here. Right. Do you know how'd you do? Well, bad. Yeah. Lost it all. We lost uh, five units. Sadly, uh, I put, Half of my load on the NC State uh, Wolfpack plus seven and a half against uh, Notre Dame. I'm formally going to blame it on the Dude, eight hour. We got fucking up? we got fucking hose on that shit. Yeah, I'm going to formally blame it on the eight hour weather delay. However, made however long it actually was, I don't care. It was way too long. First and, play, first play it back, eighty yard fucking touchdown run. I knew yeah. we were fucked right there. Yeah. Why wow, you had NC State too? I teased them. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I was, uh, you know, because I was I had a lot of faith in this OC pairing with Brennan Armstrong. I, uh, you know, I talked about it in our college football preview. I was hoping week two against a, a Notre Dame team that has, you know, the Notre Dame. So I always kind of fade them, but uh, did not come to fruition. He was sloppy, three picks. And then I had. New Mexico State plus 10 and a half. It looked gorgeous early. Uh, they were up 17-14 early. But, oh, my gosh, that defense could do nothing. The defense and offense just simultaneously, like, sat down. They were like, I time for us to both be horrific. And, uh, yeah, the, the Liberty quarterback absolutely diced and just absolutely sliced and diced them. So, sadly, uh, we lost five units. We're back even. All the hard work from last week is now um, obliterated, but we we look forward. Right. Uh, I'll round us out here. I split my bets last week. I had Utah minus six and a half that I bought a point for, and thank God I did because that game was an abysmal showing for Utah. But my God, did they sneak it out at the last second. Gotta love that. (laughs) Um, And thank God because my bank account really needed it. Um, and then I lost uh, a teaser at Oregon minus a half who struggled early with Texas tech, but they ended up pulling it out. And then I had <laughs> biggest lock of the week under 58 and a half for Texas A&M Miami, who scored over 80 points. Um, 
<laughs> with, uh, Tyler Van Dyke looking like second coming of Andrew. Yeah, Clark. Dude. Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, that TBD game, that was game legitimately was, ridiculous. That game was such bullshit. Like there was a muff punt. Uh, Miami muffed a punt like down on their own 10. Uh, somebody had a, a kickoff return for a touchdown too. Like early. I was like, Oh, this bet is fucking shot. Let me move on. Uh, yeah. Then Van Dyke is also just fucking throwing seeds left and right. That guy looked insane in that game. I'm yeah. not kidding. I think someone took his face off and like put it on there surgically, you know, a little like McLovin action, um, super bad. And, uh, then yeah, went well, out look, there you, had, you had such a layup of a reference there. You went with McLovin. Like what? Yeah. McLovin removes someone's face? Come on, man. Well, no, he doesn't actually say it. Uh, Seth says it to him. Oh, yeah. Remember, McLovin's like, you don't have the steady hands or the knowledge to pull off a procedure like that. So, um, (laughs) I kind of butchered it right, but... uh, (laughs) That's actually a good reference. Let's just move forward. No, you you showed your work. That was a good... That's actually a good reference. Good good call, dude. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Um, Before we get to the game previews, we also just want to highlight some prospects that we really liked from last week. So, Ray, who, who you got? For your uh, prospect highlight this week, I mean, I'm I'm going with the uh, Texas tight end Jatavian Sanders. That guy is a mismatch nightmare. Uh, five catches and seven targets for 113 yards. I think 72 of those yards came after the catch too. So he's he's just an absolute move, a chess piece uh, move tight end. I think the NFL is really going to love this guy. Uh, whether he goes back end of one, early day two, this guy's going to be used immediately as a rookie. And then I'd be remiss not to mention uh, Quinn Ewers. The guy had a fucking game against Alabama, too. 24 for 38 passing, 348 yards, three touchdowns. His deep ball was super, super impressive. Put so much fucking uh, air under it, too. It's like Russell Wilson or uh, I would say Mason Rudolph-esque. So really, really <laughs> good stuff. I'm a big Mason Rudolph guy. So <laughs> Those I are like two it. nice comparisons, yeah, Russell right? Wilson and Mason Rudolph. <laughs> oh, he really went deep into the well for those. Maybe he'll find. Maybe he'll fall somewhere in the middle. I don't know, but like, yeah. uh, big big stock up for Quinny. Big time. Do you know who you got? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm going to lean into a, a really feel-good story and a guy who just went ballistic uh, this week, and that's going to be uh, – Miami of Ohio's wideout, Gage Larvadane, junior transfer nice. from the FCS. He went eight. This is real. He went eight for 273 yards and three touchdowns versus UMass. Dang. The guy could just straight up fly. It says he's listed at, as 5'10", 165. I think that might even be generous. Very, um, very like... He, the way he kind of shimmies left, right, it does give me, because of uh, how his body angles, it gives me Devontae Smith vibes from uh, from Bama days. But uh, he additionally, by the way, this is not no slouch. He went eight for 80 uh, a week prior against Miami, which is is definitely a, a, a pretty considerable step up, considering probably the guy that he has throwing for him. Uh, excited to see if this guy is actually drafted or if maybe makes a roster. But He's I, priority UDFA, right? Priority <laughs> UDFA. <laughs> big He's time, big time. No, but it was it was cool. I went back, watched the tape. It was not a it was a semi hard tape to find, and it was really cool to see. Sometimes we see guys like this uh, make some impact, make some impact in the league. Absolutely love it. Love the deep scouting, Dino. 
Uh, I'm going to uh, I'm going to my boy Devin Neal, running back from Kansas. Kansas is back, people. Jalen Daniels is back. Uh, nice win against Illinois. Um, Devin Neal, ten carries for 120 yards and a touchdown. Also had four catches for 47 yards. Uh, the missed tackles forced are up from last year. Um, the yards after contact are up from last year. Guy has outstanding vision. Um, he was the only back in the Big 12 to come back after rushing for a thousand yards last year. He looks more explosive this year, and he looks more physical in the run game. So um, he's a guy that I definitely want to highlight, and could definitely be a, a draft eligible guy, especially with Jalen Daniels back. That offense is going to get humming again. Dude, Kansas, you're such a Kansas fucking lover. I just love oh. Jalen Daniels, man, and I love Lance. How I pulled that offense. It's just it makes for it makes for good entertainment. You know, that's what we do. Um, all right, fellas, let's get to the game previews. We got four on the slate. We're going to start with Penn State, obviously. Number seven, Go Penn State. State, going to Illinois. They are a 14.5-point favorite right now. Penn State has looked great the first two weeks, obviously coming off a nice win against Delaware. Illinois coming off a tough loss against Kansas, like I just said. Um, this is a first true road game for Drew Aller. Ray, what are you looking for in this one? I mean, you said it. I think first true road uh, road game in a hostile environment in Illinois, so it's a big t- it's a conference home game too. I think they're gonna have to rely on this run game, Katron Allen and uh, Singletary or Singleton. What's what's Singleton. his last name? Singleton. Uh, th- yeah. Like you said, Illinois has been really struggling against the run so far this year too. This defense just isn't what it was last year. I mean, they lost a lot of pieces, so I guess it's to be expected there'd be some growing pains, but they've allowed like two hundred twenty four rushing yards per game. So I think for Penn State keep the ball not out of the young quarterback's hands, but rely on the talent you have at running back and hope to win that way. Aller's still going to get his throws in, but you don't want to put it all on his shoulders in his first road game. All right. Boo. I hate that. I hate that. Spread is at spread is at, you know, minus 14 and a half. I do want to add that it is reported as being one of the biggest lopsided, um, you know, bets of, yeah, it's like 85%, right? It's at 90, 92% of as of like four hours ago. 92% of the bets are on the road favorite. And now that I look at it, this slate is filled with road favorites. I, I'll tell you this. I guarantee there's money to be made on betting some of these home dogs. I'll tell you this. These numbers are huge. But for I'm this one, all I, the road favorites, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but... <laughs> I think I split the baby, but we'll get there. I, I predict the Aller show to, to to definitely roll on this one. Uh, you know, this Penn State offense should definitely follow in the footsteps of Kansas, who who let Jalen Daniels just let it loose this past week. Drew Aller has a, obviously a monstrous arm, and a, he's a monstrous frame. Goddamn boy looks good. But I, I would be shocked if they didn't use it to exploit this absolutely depleted Illinois secondary who lost three studs to the draft this past year. Obviously, Quan, um, you know, Devon Witherspoon, fifth overall pick, and uh, my boy, Sidney Brown. Illinois led up five 20-plus yard receptions to Kansas last week, and it looked pretty effortless. Uh, I will say this, though. This this Illinois defensive line will not let up the 230 rushing yards that Penn State has been averaging a game, in my opinion. Obviously, you got, you know, it's a front led by Johnny Newton. He's going to, if he can manufacture pressure, I will say this on the other side, maybe as like a a little devil's advocate, if he can somehow just do it all. I mean, he had two sacks last week. If he could do it all and manufacture pressure again, you know, 
maybe they have a solid chance of covering this 14 and a half point spread. But I find it very odd that this spread has not moved. It has not budged much at all. And it's at 92% of the bets, like we said, I've been on Penn State. That is a little fishy. Maybe Vegas kind of likes Illinois covering this. Yeah. Um, should be a really good test. Like you guys said for Aller, I mean, he's looked so good. He's looked, I mean, obviously the first two games are at home, but he's looked so poised. He's got the arm talent. He's got wiggle to him in the pocket too. I, uh, he's going to be a really special player. Um, and let what him do it. Let him what go they're out there. Building. Let him go yeah. out of there and do it. I mean, they're going to, they're going to let him do it. Um, but I think obviously if they play, I think if they play the, you know, a little scared, try to run it. I, I, I think that's where, you know, this, this line might be covered by Illinois. I mean, I, I think they're going to play their game. The, this offense runs through Nick Singleton, Katron Allen, and this offensive line, who's been really, really good. This offensive line, especially the interior, like you guys said, has got to hold up against Johnny Newton and the boys. Um, they have the guys to do it. So um, I expect them to to go out and play well on the offensive side of the ball. On defense, they really got to control Luke Altmaier and his legs. Had two two rushing touchdowns last week. Um, against Kansas. So linebacker is going to be extremely important. Abdul Carter, Curtis Jacobs is going to be extremely important to control Luke Altmaier and his legs, make him be a pocket passer, make him beat them that way. And if I do that, I think Penn State should roll. Um, but if Altmaier gets loose with his legs and they can't bring him down, um, yeah, I think Illinois could definitely cover this spread. But I do expect Penn State to roll to 3-0. Mike. All right, boys, let's move on to the second game. We got number 14, LSU, going to Mississippi State. LSU is a nine-and-a-half-point favorite right now. LSU got back on their winning side last week with a big win over Grambling State. Uh, Mississippi State needed overtime and against Arizona after forcing five turnovers last week. Five turnovers they, that defense forced, and they still needed overtime. Crazy, but yeah. Will Rogers played pretty well. Dino, we'll start with you here. What are you expecting from this one? I'm going to defer this one to Ray because I don't want to give it up, but I'm going to, I'm going to do a semi deep dive for my best bets in this one. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think this is kind of like a strength on strength matchup. I think both these teams love running the rock and both of them are really good at defending it. Uh, Mississippi state's only allowed 87 yards uh, rushing per game so far. And they did pretty well of handling Arizona last week, the three three point six yards per carry. So I think one of these quarterbacks got to step up and to see who makes the difference. Daniels has played pretty. I mean, he played okay, I guess you can call it that against FSU in this, in the uh, opening game. But got to go on the road to Mississippi State. I think there's a tough matchup for them. That nine and a half point line is very very intriguing. I did not touch it yet, but I, it's something that I, I probably will end up putting in a. Uh, a morning of teaser, if I had to guess. You know, you want me to take this? I don't want to give anything in. Okay. Um, yeah, I think this is going to be a tough game for LSU. I think their offense, um, like Ray said, I think they need to establish the run outside of Jaden Daniels um, for it to get going. And, and for Mississippi State, I know we saw this this Mike Leach offense for so long being this air raid offense all they wanted to do was throw the ball around the yard, but they've really become a run first team um, without Leach. So I think for LSU, they're going to need to stop the run. I think they're going to be able to do it. This 10 scares me. I think Mississippi State covers in a backdoor situation. Um, but that defense looked good last week against Arizona. But um, 
that offense has got to put up points to stay with to stay with LSU. Dino, you got anything for us? Or you want me to wait? Yeah, I think he said he wants no, to save it for the bets. Okay, the bad portion. Okay, fair enough. Uh, let's roll to our third game. We got number eight Washington going on the road to Michigan State. Washington's a sixteen point favorite right now. Washington just an absolute juggernaut to start the season, kind of like we all expected. Michigan State's also two and zero, but now they are dealing with uh, Mel Tucker sexual harassment claims going around. Big he man. is away from the team. Um, they have an interim coach. I think they brought back uh, Mark D'Antonio too. As like a special coach, um, which would be real interesting, right? What do you think about this one? No, I, mean, wait, I, I can start this one. I didn't okay. talk last time, and I'm I'm, I'm itching. But uh, but the, yeah, no, uh, I guess we'll start. We got we got to start with this Washington offense, right? Uh, you don't I mean, want to start with Mel Tucker, huh? You don't want to no, start no, with no, Mel no, Tucker. No, no, no. I'll I let Ray talk about Mel Tucker. You, oh, we'll let Ray talk about Mel Tucker. But uh, anyway, this uh, you know. I'll start with the Washington offense, obviously the most prolific unit in in this matchup. It, it's an offensive line, has an offensive line, rather, led by Rosen Garter, Gard, Garten. Oh, my gosh. Can't speak at all. But it's an absolute brick wall thus far. But it definitely gets its biggest test yet against the Spartans defense and this defensive line. Uh, I believe this defense ranks right now like 80th. Um, and they've been able to manufacture some pressure. Again, they haven't gone up against the best competition, but it's, for my money, better competition than uh, the Washington Huskies have so far. I I don't see any way for this Michigan State team to win. Penix, and not to mention this defense, is definitely just too good. Penix has looked out of this world. But I definitely find this spread of 16, 16 and a half to be very interesting. I get the, the Mel stuff, but beyond that, I will say... This Michigan State team can score despite running the ball, you know, more than 50% of the time, actually at a 52% clip. They are surprisingly effective passing the ball with QB Noah Cam averaging. He averages actually 0.41 EPA per pass, which is actually just three basis points shy of Washington. And they've been lighting up the scoreboard. And, and even though they run the ball more, that they actually average a negative 0.34 EPA per run, AKA that their, their running game has not been at all effective. So this is where, this is where the question arises. If the Huskies get up early and force this Spartans team to pass with their high efficiency. And also they have a 13% big throw percentage. Could the Spartans threaten this big spread late against a Washington team that is never inclined to run the ball and does not do it effectively? So I'll, I'll leave that up to you, though, Ray. Yeah, I just think this is a bad matchup all around for Michigan State. I think the timing's fucking pitiful, obviously. And I just think Washington's just way too talented, especially in the past game. I think uh, Roma Dunze and Jalen McMillan coupled with Michael Penix, it's just going to be a lot for that fucking secondary of Michigan State to handle. And then uh, on their defensive side, dude, I mean, Washington's defense has looked very, very solid this game, uh, this year rather, only allowing 200, uh, just over 200 yards passing. So I think if they get that lead, it's going to be really tough for Michigan State to uh, come back and cut into that deficit. Yeah, I think you guys hit the nail on the head. I think this offense just has been absolutely humming. I don't think there's any slowing it down right now. I think this is a big game for Michigan State, too, um, to try to cement itself in the Big Ten, too, with all these teams coming over next year. I think it's kind of a 
a statement game for them, if you will. Um, so hopefully they, they play tough, but I think Penix and Aduns and McMillan are just way too much. And and on defense, Braylon Trice and the other defensive line unit hasn't really gotten going yet. I think they get going against this Michigan State offensive line too. So um, I'm not touching this straight up, but if I had to, I would take Washington. Should we talk about Mel Tucker real quick? Uh, I don't know the facts yeah, of the no situation. Woman's I, I mean, I just know that he just he, she claimed he jerked off on the phone or some shit like that, right? Well, I mean, can we start right there? Who the fuck jerks off to a phone conversation? Yeah, it's a pretty sick individual. That's I mean, psycho shit. I mean, it's. I mean, can we leave it there then? Maybe, yeah. maybe if it's just your boys, but other than that, that's just weird. But um, yeah, we should probably leave it at that. All right, fair <laughs> enough. All right, let's round out our game slate. We got number eleven Tennessee going to Gainesville to play Florida. Tennessee is a six and a half point favorite right now. Tennessee, they took a little while to get going last week against Austin P, uh, but ended up getting their win. And Florida got their first win of the season against McNeese State. Tennessee has not won in Gainesville since 2005. Does that change this week? Right, we'll start with you. Uh, I, I think it does. I, it pains me to say, you know, close to the, the Gator community, like literally physically close to them. But physically, uh, yeah, I just don't. I'm not. I'm not buying this team right now uh i think they're gonna be a little susceptible to the big play i think milton's gonna throw the ball all across the yard uh i think what i'm really curious to see, i want to see this florida running game finally get going i feel like it hasn't really hit its stride yet so i think if florida has a chance to win that's that running game's got to carry them the way because you don't want Graham Mertz throwing the ball another 45 fucking times it's just not how you're gonna win this game you know what you got yeah no i i agree I, I do want to say this is now we're four for four. This is another massive road favorite we're talking about. And just like Penn State, this is a favorite in Tennessee, minus six and a half, taking a large majority of the bets, getting a whopping 87% of the bets. I mean, that's a pretty staggering amount. I, I really wanted to let you guys, for the most part, deep dive into this. I, I just really am fascinated more with the number and and kind of the lack of movement, should you say. But this line opened up at Tennessee minus seven. And while getting 87% of the action has dipped to Tennessee minus six and a half. I, again, another extremely fishy lack of movement. Um, and I, I believe that this firmly shows that Vegas has the Gators keeping this one close. And I want to say it's probably because, you know, Billy Napier's got to be close to be on the hot seat. This is going to be a big game that kind of shows off his his gonads, should one say. And uh, is that to me, Ray? Yes, to in his second season. I don't know, baby. It's a Florida Gator. It's a Florida Gator program. I mean, Swamp Kings just dropped, and according to that, it's the the toughest place to coach in. I mean, it's tough, but no, but recruiting too well to get fired. Stop. I know he he recruited well, but. Dude, down down the Sunshine State, that 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 recruiting is going to be tough sledding moving forward if you have a rough season. I get you have a tough, tough schedule, but I mean Miami's looking really good. And, you know, UCF, I guess, but I don't know. That that's kind of my two cents on it. I definitely agree with you. This needs to definitely be Florida controlling the pace of this game and not letting Melton just like throw it all over the place. Yeah, I 
this line is so suspect, but I just don't see a way that Florida beats them. Um, I mean, Joe Milton has looked fairly good through his first two games. Uh, I mean, Jalen Wright's been awesome. They're running back. He's gotten he's over 200 yards, almost 10 yards of carry. And this defense last week, I know they were playing Austin P, but they had seven sacks last week. They only allowed, I think, uh, just over 70 rushing yards and 2.3 yards of carry And against Virginia. I know it's two really shitty teams, but allowed 2.4 yards of carry. So for Florida to get this run game going, um, I think it's going to be a challenge. I think Mertz is going to have to make some throws, especially down the field, um, to keep drives alive and to keep their offense just on the field. Because um, Tennessee can get going in a, in a hurry, like we've seen in the past. I mean, let me clarify that too. I, I don't think Florida's going to win, but you could not you could not give me money to put on Tennessee right now with this line. This line is the scariest thing I've ever seen in my life. Just it's just not. It's just I've been here. I've been doing this too long to bet take a fucking six and a half point fucking road favorite line right now. Not doing it. <laughs> All right, going. Let's see swamp. what you are taking though. Let's get to the best portion of the show it is our best bets five units for everybody dino let's start with you i i was already very very excited about this bet but the fact that ray came out and basically expresses disdain for taking this line and would prop would rather take the opposite end of this spread God, do I feel like it's an absolute fucking lock now because that guy's a mush. So two and a half units, LSU, minus nine and a half, minus 110 at Mississippi State. I'm riding with the road favorite here. I sadly did not get the best of this line, but this one was just very easy for me. If, If anyone watched LSU versus FSU, which was my week one best bet on the FSU side, you guys know I additionally picked FSU as my preseason pick to win the ACC. I talked a ton about them, about how this is a great team that's ready to make a make a jump potentially for the, for the college football playoff. But LSU could have and most likely should have been up two-plus scores early in that game. I mean, we were texting each other when we were talking about it. They genuinely should have. They outplayed FSU in that first half but only had a three-point lead to show for it. Then surprise, surprise, someone who I've definitely praised a ton. We actually all three have praised a ton in the college football preview – and coach Mike Norvell for, for FSU, he made obviously significantly better halftime adjustments than his opposition. And I'm going to attest that more to the fact on why they will came out and end up pouncing, but that should have been a closer game. If they go into that halftime up what they're supposed to be, maybe 10, maybe 14. I think that game is much different. There's a much more talented LSU team. They should own the trenches, and I have much more faith in Jaden Daniels over Will Rogers, who I do not think played okay against FSU. I think he played very well. Nice. Until his team imploded at the seams. I don't really count that for a young kid. I think he's going to go out there and sling. Nice. Ray, what do you got? Uh, So I got one unit on uh, over 50 in the North Carolina-Minnesota game. We've all seen what North Carolina's offense can do. They've put up – um, like 36 points a game so far to start the season. And I think Minnesota's offense may start to get going. Uh, I love that P.J. Fleck uh, RPO heavy offense. I think it's a, a defense like North Carolina, which is always uh, suspect to say the least, and they're, all their talents on that defensive line, I think they could be susceptible to let up some points there. So over 50 in that. Uh, I went with another teaser 
Uh, Florida State minus 20 at Boston College. I think Florida State is just so talented. I think they're going to just keep rolling and rolling and rolling, especially against a weaker Boston College team. And then Wisconsin minus 13, home versus Georgia Southern. Uh, I just love this Wisconsin team overall. I love Luke Fickle. I love what he does on defense. And I think that offense is just, it's only starting to, um, just to get going a little bit. I think they're going to, they're, the sky's the limit with that offense. It's going to take a little bit of time, but I think that they're going to be a really good unit. And then that was uh, two units. I don't know if I said that at minus 120. And then my last bet, two units at minus 115. I'm going Ohio State over 46 and a half team total against Western Kentucky. They finally named McCord their starter. I think this offense has been very suspect to say the least so far, but I think they're going to finally take a step here uh, with McCord being the guy. I think they're going to throw the ball all over the place. Watch out for him and Marvin Harrison again. So um, that's two units on that over 46 and a half. Nice. Oh, like dude, it. I'm an idiot. I only said my first bet. I thought oh, so. I thought, you, I, yeah. I thought you had five units on it. That's why I kind no, of. No, I only had two and a half units. I apologize. My second bet is, uh, you know, I posed a question before when we did the preview for uh, for Washington at Michigan State. I have Washington going to the college football playoff in our college football preview. Big fan of theirs. I think Pen- I was. I think Penix is going to continue to to absolutely destroy, and that defense is going to be a solid unit. I think all year round, but. I genuinely think that two and a half units on Michigan State plus 16 and a half minus 110 at home is the is the play here. I expect the Spartans offense to cover late with a really solid potential to stay within arm's reach for the duration of the game. And I'm going to be honest. I, I know we were just talking about the Mel stuff. I need to see a stat that tells me otherwise that when a distraction or a coach firing and the week right after what the actual like record is against the spread at least because for for my money if you ask me i would say if there is a stat out there for that i think they cover more than they don't i usually see it as a as a <laughs> as a as a short term motivation I love, factor i love just and throwing long term long term it hurts for the team but short term i don't know why tell me i'm wrong i can think of like a few in my head off the bat i mean most are in the nfl but where where midweek coach fired or right after last week coach fired and then they go out and weirdly surprise and they're an atrocious team so i think i I think that this happens here and i think that's the difference you're talking about some of the examples that you're drawing to are the nfl and college football like these are kids like shit gets to them um I mean, I think throwing a stat out there that they cover more often than not is no. I'm not. I'm not, I, did not throw st- I did not throw a stat out there. I said I I'm want saying to just show me the say stat. that they. You cover. said you would. You said if you had to guess, they would cover more often than yes. not. That's not me throwing you, out a stat. Okay, that's, this, me, well, this that's comes, me guessing. This comes down to a personality trait that Dean has, and that's called being a contrarian. <laughs> that's why he did this bet. I could tell you that, right now, <laughs> which I respect, but not throw out fucking stats. Okay. Also another. Also another bet. And another line that Ray said he didn't like and would would do the other way. And oh my gosh, does that make me freaking bust? All right, I like it. Well, I'm going to be on the other side of you a little bit on this one. Uh, I have two <laughs> two and a half unit teasers um, this week. I got Washington minus seven and a half at Michigan State. I really do think that this offense is just going to keep rolling, and I don't see them slowing down anytime soon. And I do think this is a distraction. Not having your coach three days before uh, a big game when the team's coming into town. Um, so I do think that's going to affect them. But 
it is a tough place to play. They are traveling across the country. So, um, Dino, I do get you, but I do think Washington rolls. And then I also have Penn State minus six and a half against Illinois in that line, too. It's minus 135. I have two and a half units on that. Um, I really like Penn State to, to keep it rolling, too. Owls looked great, and I have no reason not to trust this offense. And in the past, I hated betting Penn State because their offense was so so suspect and so sporadic. Um, I really do think this is an offense you can lean on. Um, and then my other teaser is Utah State minus 17 and a half at Air Force. Um, Utah State looked good week one against Iowa in a loss. Um, and I don't think Air Force has enough offense to cover 17 and a half. Um, so I like that one. And then I got the backyard brawl in the in this teaser. I got Pitt plus eight and a half at West Virginia, minus 120. Um, this Pitt team beat West Virginia last year in the first meeting uh, of the season. Pitt's coming off a loss against Cincinnati. I think they bounce back. I think Yurkovich has a good game. Um, and I think this is going to be a highly contested contest, but I think eight and a half gets it done. So two and a half units on that as well. Saucy nice. fades. Let's see how it Saucy goes. Fades. Oh, I'm back, Ray. You didn't get you didn't get the memo? I'm <laughs> fucking know. back. Maybe maybe it's in the mail. Yeah. Maybe it's in the mail. All right, that's gonna wrap it up for us here on Between Two Tackles. Thank you for listening. Hope we enjoyed our week three college football preview. Stay with us. We got the NFL coming up this week, too. Um, don't really want to talk about the NFL. Sorry. Uh, but we have to. Um more college football coming, more prospects coming, so stay locked in with us. As always, please rate and subscribe to the pod and follow our Twitter at Two Tackles with the number two. You can also find us on underdogpodcast.com and stick with us as we continue this 2023-2024 season. Fellas, appreciate you.